it, it, people struggled. And then there were times where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy, right? When you go through injuries and you're away from home and you're away from family and maybe you're out of form, you're not playing well, but as a 15 year old, like you're not used to that because you're always the best mm -hmm. of the best. And now you're playing with the best guys across the country. That was Jared Watts talking about IMG. Hello, everyone. Rub Brad coming to you from the Touchline. Today's podcast, part two of our interview with Jared. Last week, he shared about his development at IMG Academy. In this episode, he shares more about an ACL injury he suffered while being away from home. He talks about some of the supportive people that were part of his time at IMG. So grab a coffee, grab some tissues. We get stuck in with Jared right after this. a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post not strong enough with his right hand whips that one in far post almost made him into they have he has the hat trick the second in his career the third of the night the hat trick hero talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure to the corner goes towards the near post and you're on the angle and what a goal what a goal talk a little bit about um, did you have any injuries or anything significant that you had to go through while you were away from home? I did. Yep. A major injury, especially being pretty young. I mean, I was 15 years old and we were playing in a, in a friendly with, we were playing against Notre Dame. We were scrimmaging. They were down for like a spring season. So we played like Notre the men's Dame. college team, right? Yeah. The college team. Right. So we're playing college players and we're, you know, 15, 16 and, you know, we, we actually tied them that game zero, zero, but I, yeah, just jumped up and was playing and ran across and was jumping up for like a routine kind of normal header and came down and, you know, tore my ACL instantly. And I knew it was something pretty bad. I had never had an injury before that. Like mm. I'm talking, I was, you know, you're at that age, you're young, you think you're kind of invincible. Like, and then all of a sudden you have a, a knee injury where they're like, Hey, you're, going to be out for nine months and you have to have surgery. And I was like, surgery, I had never broken anything or, you know, so yeah, that was like a shock. And I'm 15. I'm, I was the captain of the team at the time. It was like 10 months before qualifying. So it was scary times, especially looking back and just thinking like, well, okay, this is going to change and you know, the trajectory of potentially my career. So did you have a sense of that at 15? Cause sometimes at that age, you don't sense that, Oh, I, this, this could be, I could be done. This could be over. Did you have a sense of that? A little bit. Newcastle wanted me to come over on trial. Um, after, you know, so we had a pretty good Nike friendlies. We were the first under 17 team to ever beat Brazil. Neymar and Coutinho were on that team. I was a captain. I had a good showing. Newcastle had talked about wanting to bring me over mm. for trial. I really had no idea what that meant, you know, but I was like, Hey, I'll try it. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> But, I, you know, I got injured. So that kind of changed everything. Mm. Um, and then, you know, leading up to to qualifying, I had to start thinking about, well, am I going to be back? I'll be back, but am I going to be healthy? Am I going to be strong enough to play? You know, and then you just start thinking about all of that, which as a 15-year-old away from home, dealing with school as well, like I, it was just – it was definitely something that was new to me. I had to, I had to kind of navigate that. But, you know, that was part of kind of the, the growth process. Jared, you share this. If folks don't know, you share a little bit about this story about your ACL injury in um, a little testimonial video that we have on our website. Um, you talk about it, but would you kind of revisit it 
a little bit with us, like just yep. coming down on that, on your knee, uh, what happened? Yeah. So, you know, immediately after I knew it was something like, it's weird, an ACL injury, it, it hurts right at the moment. And you kind of know, oh, this is something serious in my knee, no, non-contact. But you get up and you, you're sore and you can kind of walk and you're just like, I don't know. I, I knew it was something pretty significant, but, you know, going directly off the field into our little, you know, we had a little tent, like a little treatment tent, you know, throw ice on it really quickly. Just try to kind of figure out, OK, next steps. When is, what's that going to look like? I mean, I hadn't been off the field probably for for five minutes, but our team, you know, our team chaplain down there who, mm-hmm. again, Butch Morley with J316 Ministries, like has a has had a immense impact on just my my spirituality, my faith, my relationship like that was a very, very those two and a half years in residency and his involvement, getting to know him and like just shaped a lot of the way, that, you know, I kind of walk in faith. And so he was he was today. there at the game. He was on the field. Yeah, he was at the game. He would come out every now and then and watch us and just, you know, I think it was a Wednesday and we would have, um, you know, we had our Bible studies Wednesday night. So he'd come out and give a little flyer. We'd had a memory verse and then, you know, we'd recite the memory verse Wednesday night. We'd get like a a brownie his his wife would bring and make for everybody. So, you know, just memories like that. But he was on the field. Um, so he came over and he just said, hey, like, let me pray for you. Like, and, mm-hmm. and it was such a powerful moment. Like I was just at such peace in that time, in that instant and, and knew like, Hey, this is going to be something. It's not going to be great. But like, I had a sense of peace and knew that it was going to be okay. And like, fast forward a week goes by, I have the MRI, you know, okay, we know what it is. I've got to have surgery. Um, we're in, you know, my, my parents, I think either my mom or dad or both of them come down, fly down, we're going to have surgery. The Tampa Bay, you know, Buccaneers doctor is going to do my surgery. We're going in early morning. Well, Butch Morley shows up, our team chaplain. Yeah. Right. He's in the waiting room for me, um, waiting and just wants to say a prayer with all of us before he goes in. And he's like, Hey, I've got a, a verse on my heart. I want to share with you. And, um, you know, it was, it was the the first time that I really heard Jeremiah 29 11 and it like sunk in at that moment, mm. that time. Um, yeah. But he just shared like, Hey, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to help you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And that was just, again, the piece that was, I was already okay with what was going on, but just, again, to have that support and to know that, hey, it was, it's going to be okay. Like, this is just something I've got to get through. And, you know, there's a reason and there's a, you know, I'm I'm injured for for a reason, right? And that's uh, that's just kind of how I thought about it and how I got through it. Yeah, well... Uh, um, it's great that your parents could be there right for you. Cause there's, there's a lot of times a footballer has an injury and a surgery and family can't be there for you. They, they can't be around your bedside, but, and what a great moment for Butch to step in and offer words of comfort and encouragement and support. And so, so this happens 10 months before the qualifying cycle for U 17 world cup, right? Correct. Um, what do the next few months look like rehab wise? And like, cause, cause Jared, the truth is when you're injured as a footballer, you're outside the team. You're not on the team anymore in, in the sense that, yeah, you're still a team member, but you're on the outside looking in and you can feel very disconnected. You can feel very unsure of yourself. You can lose a lot of confidence. You can lose a lot of hope. It can be really, really difficult because 
the team goes on, they experience things, they go through training, they have high moments, low moments that they work through. And you're just kind of, you're just kind of there. So what, what was that recovery rehab process like for you? It is tough, right? Because you're a little bit outside of the team and you're not doing kind of the day to day, um, which is, is challenging, but also, you know, I think you've got to just have a certain mindset about it. Like you've got to work to get back to a certain point and know that, you know, Hey, maybe I'm, I'm not on the field with the team, but I'm, you know, back in rehab. I'm first one in, I'm last one out. I'm doing extra work. Like, you know, you do little things like that, but yeah, you definitely, you, you don't feel the same. You're, you're disconnected from the team and that's just, you know, coaches are thinking about different players and it's a challenge. I mean, I was, I stayed in Florida for a couple months as we were winding down the summer um, and the semester, I'm sorry, before the summer and we were winding down the semester. So, um, you know, that was good. I got a good jump start on the, on, on the rehab there every day, but then the team and leading up to, to qualifying, you know, during the summer, right. We're not in school. So we're taking a lot of international trips. We're going and playing friendlies. Um, So there was a lot of travel that was happening with the team and I was injured and it didn't really make sense for me to be there. And, so I wasn't involved during that time period in that summer. Um, and I actually came back to North Carolina and stayed and rehabbed. And um, again, that was kind of led to another blessing for me in my life to be able to be and have that chunk of time and rehab in North Carolina, um, but then kind of reconnect the following semester when, you know, going back and starting school and then having kind of that build up to the, uh, you know, to the um, qualifying. So talk a little bit more about that blessing in disguise that you just kind of mentioned yeah so i again wasn't involved i wasn't traveling and doing a lot of the international trips over the summer because i was injured so i had a specialist in north carolina that i would see every other day and i would do rehab and um you know i was i was very committed to that for for just over two and a half almost three months and at the time i got to spend really like so and I probably talked to this. I know I've shared, Brad, and you know this about me, but a uh, relationship with my grandfather, he was probably the the kind of cornerstone and rock and person that I saw from an early age and the way that he lived out his faith and as a Christian and the impact that he had on on just everybody, not just my family, but his community, his church. Um, and he 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 and I were very, very close. And I got to spend some incredible quality time with him that summer just because I was home, I was doing rehab and it was close to where he lived and just all these things just connected perfectly. So it was a special time for him and I, and just great quality time. And it was one of those things I would call him every single, the night before I would leave for a trip with the national team, I would call him every single day, every mm. single night, right. Leading up to it. That was just kind of our routine. And I'd call him every week besides that, but especially knowing that I was going, you know, overseas international before the times, like your phone would just work. Like I didn't really have, I had a cell phone, but it didn't work internationally. So I would make sure carve out time and talk to him before every big trip, because I might go a week or 10 days or two weeks and I, and I don't, and I wouldn't talk to him. And so that's something that I always made sure that I did. And, but I got to spend that quality time with him for that summer, um, which was so awesome. And that was a blessing for me because, you know, that next winter he passed away. Um, mm. And so in, 
if I hadn't have been injured, if I hadn't have been at home and if I hadn't have been in North Carolina, you know, I would have not had that two and a half months of just quality time with him. Um, and looking back at it, like that was so meaningful for me. And I would take that injury a hundred times if it meant that I got to spend, you know, and I think the Lord put me in that place to be able to mm. spend more time with him. Yeah. And um, that was just a special, a special moment, you know, Jared, um, you know, uh, I know it's personal, like sometimes, uh, and, and you can say, Hey, pass, let's, let's do this another time. But what would one of those phone calls look like? Because I, I think sometimes, you know, we have children or grandchildren that are part of this game and we don't realize sometimes the impact that we may have just with a simple phone call, FaceTime, whatever it is, uh, text message nowadays, Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever. But but for you and your grandfather, what did a call look like? Did he offer you words of wisdom? Did he just listen? Did he share a funny story? Like what what was the thing about a call with grandfather that kind of gave you that that encouragement, that support? Yeah, well, the beauty of it is it would hardly ever be about soccer. Hmm. Um not that he wasn't interested because I'll tell you what, when I was growing up, he was at every single game as a youth soccer player. Like he would come and travel and stay with us. And guess what? He didn't know. He didn't have a clue about soccer. He didn't know offsides. He didn't know, you know, and, and, and he was just so supportive and he would be curious, Hey, where are you going? And he would, you know, just want to ask about school. And then he would want to ask, uh, you know, just how I'm doing. And um, it was just simple conversation. And, it was something that was so meaningful for me. Like it was a, it was a way to not have to talk about soccer and have the pressures of like, he didn't care if I performed or if I was captain and playing every game or, you know, Hey, if I never played soccer again, um, we would always talk about kind of what was going on with, with him and, you know, what he was doing day to day. Cause his big, his big days were, you know, he'd go have, an early breakfast with his sister and then he'd go to their little mall and he would walk laps at their mall and then he'd come (laughs) home and there was a pond behind his house that we used to go fishing at. And I'd always ask him, you know, about, Hey, how's, how's the water level there? You do, have you done any fishing? Like that's just a, just a a ingrained memory in my childhood that we would do. And so we would just talk about that. He lived in, you know, walking distance to his church and, you know, he was an usher and deacon at his church and so involved at his church for so long. And so we'd talk about his church um, and just, yeah, it wasn't really a lot about soccer. And he'd always, he'd always kind of end the call, you know, he'd be like, well, Hey, you know, love you. I'll talk to you next time. You know, remember you can't always win them all, but I'm so proud of you. And, and just something like that was so, you know, powerful and it was, it it meant a lot. And, you know, that those are the conversations that you, you cherish. If you're a parent or a grandparent, I want you to maybe roll back the podcast and listen for those last few minutes. You know, sometimes what our children, our grandchildren, our athletes need isn't another coach on the sideline or on the car ride home. They don't don't need an expert of the game to break down film with them. What they need to know is that they're loved and that we're there for them. It could be a powerful thing just to be human to them, to remind them that we're proud of them and we care deeply for them. Those are the moments remembered those are the conversations that are cherished. Well, tune in next week. We hear more from Jared on the work he's doing today, and we get in a game of crosses with Rev. 
This has been Rev Brad with Jared Watts coming to you from the Touchline.